Welcome to the Notion Podcast. This is Reimagining. Hi, I'm Paul. I'm with Stephen for Reimagining as always. But today, today is the last episode of this series. And what a series that was. And of course, it's the pinnacle today with Sam. I'm totally putting pressure on Sam. But before, <laughs> before I let you, let you, Stephen, now. <laughs> let you introduce him, <laughs> just a word. We'll take a break for about a month and we'll get back to our usual pain of scale series. And that will be in October. So just stay tuned. But now back to the pinnacle of the series. Stephen, can you introduce us to Sam, please? <laughs> Yeah, so our, our next guest is Sam Frompson. Sam's an extraordinary guy. He's multi-talented. He's multifaceted. He's a rabbi who spent two years studying in Jerusalem before, I think, reading natural sciences at Cambridge. He's the father of four. Is that correct? Actually, um, three, but, um, you know, oh, I'm take sorry. it. Oh, no. yeah, <laughs> I, my wife isn't expecting for anyone listening. Okay. <laughs> before I get back to um, my mother-in-law. <laughs> he, he co-founded ULife with Sammy Rubin in 2016, and we invested in 2019. So ULife is, I guess, the best way to explain it is a tech-enabled insurance business that really is quite transformational and inspires everyone to live their best life and uses the technology to encourage people to meditate or take exercise or to look after themselves from a personal perspective. And so I think given their proposition, it's going to be really interesting to hear Sam's reflections on his COVID experience because I'm sure it had an impact on them and their business over the last few months. So Sam, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's a real pleasure to be on the podcast, guys. Thank you. And let's jump straight in. So always start with the same question. When and how did you realise the significance of the current crisis? It's quite an easy one for me. It was because I caught it before lockdown even started. And, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So it was the 13th of March. I remember exactly because it was a week before my birthday. And on the 13th of March, met up with my parents for dinner. And my dad was coughing and spluttering a little bit, but, you know, we didn't think that much of it. We'd heard some stuff in the news and whatever. And the very next day, I felt like I couldn't get out of bed, which is quite unusual for me. And for the rest of that week, I was completely laid out. I thought, gosh, this is going to go, isn't it? And my wife caught it right after that, and she was laid out flat for two weeks. So, yeah, it was around about middle of March, 13th of March, to be precise, when we caught it after sitting across the dinner table with my parents. And I could see that this was going to be something that would have a massive impact on not just only my business in the, the UK, but across the world, because of the speed of which it was spreading. I did not know that. We were covered really well. Your parents well as well. Yeah, I was quite worried about my dad for a bit, because he's a sort of 64-year-old asthmatic. And if he'd caught it in April, I'd have been terrified. But it was kind of early March, and it was before the kind of hype and the fear built up. And so he was able to catch it and, and recover before there was the real media hype and peak and, and hospital overwhelmed and all of that. So thankfully, and I'm really grateful, he was able to recover really strongly. And it took him about six weeks to be back to sort of fighting fit. But thank God he did. You're the second out of nine. Yes. Well, who, second who, out of nine who had symptoms. Who had the symptoms. <laughs> yeah. yes. Of course, the rest of us don't know. Actually, that's the whole fun and games. Uh, I mean, I, the next question was, how did it feel? And I, I guess it's quite interesting. Yeah. How did that feel? But also, how did it feel? as it unfolded and you started to realise the significance of it? Well, it was first, you know, personally quite scary for a while because I was quite scared about how my dad was going to be and I was starting to see some of the data coming out of other countries and, you know, the data for 65-year-old asthmatics does not look great, right? So that was, that was quite unnerving and unsettling. And at the same time, obviously, having to make these business decisions, we shut down the office the week before official lockdown started 
I remember having a conversation with Sammy, our CEO, and one of our other investors who was saying, look, this is happening, guys. You've got to be proactive and on the front foot about it. And we sat down and we said, right, everyone's going to go home. Take your laptops, take your screens. I felt really emotional, you know, seeing everyone walking out of the office, holding their screens and, you know, the sort of homelessness feeling of people detaching themselves from this place. We're all quite enmeshed and we've been sweating together and working together and, and building something together and seeing it empty out and turning off the lights that Thursday evening. It was actually quite emotional and combined also, I was quite fearful because previous to the current experience, I'd always been a little bit sceptical about the mass work from home, and as I think many people have been. And I just was terrified, is this going to be the death of our culture? Is this going to be the death of our, our energy and our productivity? And so a lot of those feelings were really overwhelming for me at the time, combined with also thought, oh my God, what am I going to do with three kids at home for, for that length of time when schools were shut? And yeah, it was, it was a lot of things going on all at once, to be honest. How did you come to terms with the impact? I mean, how quickly did you realise this was going to have an impact on the business and therefore on your customers and the changes that you needed to make? Yeah, so we, we had a whole bunch of contracts that we were supposed to be closing at the end of March. So just, just a bit of context, right, for people listening. New Life really was gearing up in 2019. We launched our product in the end of 2018 and we're building our sales team and building up our, our marketing partnerships and our affiliate partnerships and, you know, really building up momentum throughout towards the end of 2019. And our predictions and our vision and our dream and goal is to have a massive Q1 2020, go in with a bang, go in strong and make 2020 the year when we, we did 10x on our revenue. And it got to the end of March and, you know, we'd sold some stuff, but we were up like maybe a tenth. We were at a tenth of where we'd promised and where we'd hoped we would be. And contracts, big contracts, meaningful contracts for us that were supposed to be closing, just got sidelined. And I just had this sinking feeling of, oh my God, is this just going to be an absolute disaster? I just thought that we had walked into a board meeting, I think it was the very first week of April, and my heart was just in my chest thinking, or my mouth, sorry, heart was in your mouth, my heart's normally in my chest, you know where it goes. Um, <laughs> thinking, <laughs> thinking about how it would be received and what story we could tell about how it was coming. And, you know, it was, it was a really tough time. And as a result of that, and as a result of what was happening through the end of March and beginning of April, we made the hard decision to let go. We're a team of 54 people going into March. We decided to let go seven people and furlough another seven plus or minus, which obviously wasn't a fun decision and you know, led to some really difficult conversations. But that was a very draining time. I can imagine. And notwithstanding the fact that obviously it's very personal, it's also the fact you can see this happen to so many other people around you. It can be quite, yeah. it can be really very stressful. But yeah. I'm just wondering if you could talk a little bit then about the, the rescue plans, if you would describe it as that. And in particular, the mind shift from gearing up for growth, playing to win versus, you know, perhaps playing to survive. We were actually really fortunate. So the, the story had a, a much quicker turnaround than I had feared because come the middle of April, all of those big contracts landed. And by the end of April and going into end of May, beginning of June Q2, Q2 numbers, we just had our strongest quarter on record. It was a really strange feeling to see so much happening around the UK economy, the global economy, and so much suffering and so much hardship. And then at the same time, you know, our business proposition was really resonating with people. And life insurance as a force for good, life insurance as a product that cares for your loved ones, life insurance for businesses showing that you as a business leader care for the things that are most important for your employees, combined with digital well-being tools, doctor at home services, inspire people to walk more, to meditate more, 
these were products and a narrative that was landing more than ever with our HR director community and with intermediaries who we also distribute via. And it was quite astonishing to see that whereas previously there'd been a, oh, you know, wouldn't they just prefer pizza and, and perks rather than pitching life insurance? But suddenly that conversation turned on its head completely and we've seen really strong demand and it's actually been how can we make sure that we're doing the right things to gear up for that growth and, and not to downsize and to hire back those people? So it's been, thank goodness, a much faster, it was, it was a, a, an emotional turmoil for a few weeks. And since then, we've really been on that journey of trying to figure out how to ramp up and ensure that we're able actually to fulfill on the services and the dream that we promised our customers. And there must be a certain amount of, I'm not quite sure of the right words to use, of guilt associated with the fact that you're doing so well when so many other industries and businesses yeah. are, are failing, which we're obviously, we, you know, is probably a fairly natural response. It's a bit of that kind of survivor's guilt, you know, yes. to use a term from a much grimmer context, but it's, it's that survivor's guilt of thinking, wow, you know, we, we've actually, we've grown 5x this year so far. But, you know, as with all survivor's guilt, you've just got to, and thankfully my wife's a psychologist as well, right? So she, she helps me do these things. Have an on-hand psychologist when you're running a startup. It's very handy, isn't it? I'd recommend it to everyone. So she keeps me on the straight and narrow. You guys just got to do your best. And the mission that you're on of improving people's lives and promoting financial well-being, physical well-being and mental well-being, what you're doing is important. And it's obviously heartbreaking that other people are in challenging situations, but you've got to just knuckle down and think about the improvements to the lives of your customers that you can affect and pushing the product updates that are going to actually care for people in these times and facilitating companies to be there for their employees, to be there for their team members. And you guys have just got to focus on that and, and bloody well get on with it. We definitely need more psychologists. Well, I'm always happy to offer our services. So that's really interesting. And there have been a few examples of portfolio companies who've seen that kind of guilt associated with success when there's so much yeah. other hardship around. But I do wonder, what, what are you doing differently? People still working from home. Have you changed the focus in terms of how you're interacting with your customers? Have you changed your product strategy at all? Definitely, everybody is still working from home. We opened up the office for those who'd like to use it. But as you can imagine, we've seen very few people taking us up on that. And in terms of the conversations that we're having, our core product remains the same, right? We sell life insurance to businesses. And alongside the life insurance comes well-being tools and a well-being app that rewards you for building positive daily habits. And that has not changed. We're still very much clear on, on that mission and using those financial services as a force for good to improve people's lives. But the narrative has definitely changed somewhat and the ease of, of building that initial relationship has drastically simplified because people are so receptive to that message and people are so receptive to the importance of employee well-being, so receptive to the importance of financial well-being and providing for people's long-term future as their employer. So we found that knocking on doors has become quite a lot easier. Obviously, the flip side is many businesses are deeply struggling, budgets are being cut, and they said, we love it, but not right now. And of course, that's absolutely fine response as well. But we were able to cut to the chase a lot quicker. And our core narrative is now one that people are deeply receptive to, which is, is kind of gratifying and kind of reaffirming for us plonkers who've spent the last three years banging on about it. And, <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> preaching about the importance of life insurance as a benefit and, and employee well-being alongside it. I'm interested just to go back to something you said earlier. You were quite sceptical about the working from home and the, the yeah. impact on your culture. Are you still a sceptic? No, not at all. Not in the slightest. And I'm very happy to admit that I was completely wrong about it. And I've always had, maybe it was just a bias against it or just, a, you know, people thinking that people working from home were just bossing around for a day. And first of all, me personally, I've loved it. And obviously, you know, we shouldn't just be swayed by our, by our own subjective experiences in life, but unfortunately, so often we are. And I've had such a great experience of working from home. I can be there with my kids in the morning. I can take them out to the park first thing and have breakfast together or have lunch together. And my meetings are efficient and you can go from one to the other without the faffing. And it's, it's been a really productive time for me personally. And we did a survey, 87% of people said on a scale of zero to 10, that they were extremely happy working from home and also that they were more productive working from home. And I, I really reflect that in my own experiences of it as well. I'm not a skeptic about it at all. One thing I'm nervous of is that it's one of the reasons it's worked so well is because everyone is there, right? But if everyone's at home, then, then it's ideal. I'm yet to bottom out exactly how it's going to work when there's a blend. You want to avoid losing these benefits of having that clear communication and efficiency. So we're trying to figure out what our strategy is in terms of some sort of hybrid of going back to the office. But I'm not a skeptic at all. I, I couldn't be more enthusiastic about, for me personally, how well it's worked, my own work-life balance, my own productivity and, and my own ability to be effective in, in daily life. And I know from the quantitative and qualitative evidence we've collected from our team that many people feel the same. I'm much the same as you. And interesting as we're just recording this, my son actually just opened yeah. the door and waved because he's going out. And then my daughter just opened the door and held up a pair of sneakers she just bought. And it's lovely to be able to participate. And there was an interesting article I read at the weekend. And it talked about the difference between being a working parent versus a parent that works. And we're parents, but, you know, those the most important things in our life and actually fitting our work into our home lives. For me, it's been, yeah. it's been a wonderful experience. I'm with you 100%. And it's something we are going to look at in the last parts of this year about the challenge of that blended work where some people are on the office and some people aren't. And I think that's yeah. going to be really interesting and how we evolve the kind of working patterns and behaviours to support that. I think it's going to be interesting. But you're not alone in seeing higher levels of employee engagement and satisfaction and productivity in the lockdown. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Do you think this is a wholesale shift or is it a temporal one? You know, that people are suddenly realising the, the fundamental importance of wellness and supporting their, their employees and tying that in with life insurance. And are you reimagining a different future for your business, perhaps for the industry as a whole? We're pretty convinced that this shift is here to stay because the beginnings of it were already happening. You know, you've seen across the industry for a number of years, more talk about well-being, more talk about, you know, holistic and preventative healthcare and more a shift towards digital health and companies to be involved in that aspect of their employees' lives. And it's not something new. And if it was a completely new idea that was just burning bright for a second and then, and then going to fade away, I might have different feelings. But I, I'm convinced and we're committed to supporting and, and ensuring that this remains entrenched in communal consciousness because it's such an important aspect of working life, the benefits that you offer. How do you truly care for your employees? How do you truly ensure that they're able to bring their best self to work, that they're able to live their best lives, they're able to use the technology that you provide them with, not only to be efficient and hardworking, but also to live a fulfilled life and to improve their lives on a daily basis. 
And that's something that we're really deeply passionate about as a business. And I can see from the trends in the industry, the people that we're talking to, the major national insurers are kind of calling us up saying, what should we do to improve this? It's a trend that's here to stay. And we're really pleased about that. And at the same time, know that it's, we're still at the beginning of a long journey. There's a huge way to go before that mindset actually has the effect that or fulfills the promise that it has the potential for. It does feel like the world of work in particular has kind of turned yeah. slightly towards you. It's about businesses turning towards their employees and it's about turning towards them and saying, how can we ensure that you are living your best life and bringing your best self and fulfilling those varied aspects of your personality and improving your health and well-being on a daily basis. And it's really people turning towards their employees in that way that we just help facilitate. But I probably don't need to ask this question, but so, so how are you feeling now? There's a lot of things going on. I mean, I'm feeling a little bit, being really honest, just this week, I'm feeling quite overwhelmed. <laughs> There's so much going on. And the aspect that we haven't really touched on is my whole kind of communal rabbinic life. That's something that now it's picking up again. You know, people are allowed back into community spaces. We're trying to support members of our community. We're trying to reopen communal spaces in a way that's safe for elderly people, supporting people who've experienced the bereavement. And now that we can hold some kind of in-person ceremonies for them, how can we best go ahead doing that? From a work perspective, there's some huge deals going on that's lovely to be at the table for, but the level of work that they necessitate to at least even just to pitch properly is massive. And combined with, we've got now a slim down, but super high performing team. And that's a an absolute blessing. And at the same time, it's you know constantly pushing people to be their best and to improve and ensure that everyone's focusing on the right things. And it's a wonderful feeling. And at the same time, it's been a very intense last six, seven months. It's been a lot to manage. I know that I'm not special in any shape or form. I'm sure lots of people have experienced this. It's been one of the most intense professional and personal periods in my life. And I must say, I'm feeling a bit exhausted from, from it all, Stephen. It's been a, a long one and it's been a good, I think we've, we've been very fortunate and the stars have aligned and we've come out of this in a stronger place. But my gosh, you know, I'm ready for a short break at least before we carry on the year. There is always a bit of a price to pay. Yeah. When you go through that. Yeah. And I don't want to sound ungrateful because, I, you know, that is not the case at all. I feel very blessed as a company. And there's so many people in much more challenging situations than, than we are right now. And me feeling overwhelmed is, is peanuts compared to people with that deep existential anxiety of what am I going to do? I don't have a job anymore. My industry doesn't exist anymore. And I'm so aware of that and so sensitive to that as well. And if anyone is in that situation who wants to reach out or thinks that we might have a job available that they'd like to apply for whatever it might be purely for advice or networking then i've tried to keep my virtual door open so where can people find you easiest place is just on email sam at ulife.com or a message on linkedin and if i can help or just be in touch it'd really be a pleasure to sam it's been a fascinating conversation and as ever always great to talk to you and to learn more about you and your business and everything you've been through so it's a a real joy and inspiration thank you thanks so much Stephen. and thanks for you know the interesting questions and, and the opportunity to be part of the podcast thank you sam 